We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to your Saturday OBR weekend edition of the podcast. It's myself. We actually found time to get Andrew Spade back in the show. Andrew, I missed you. It's been a couple days, dude. I got to ask you how you're doing, how you're feeling, what's happening your way. Yeah, Jake, I'm happy to be back with you. I, I did notice that while I was gone, you managed to uh, trade up to Jordan Zerm and John Colosimo. So congrats on that, man. It's, I am kind of bummed that I'm you know bringing it back down, but uh it it was a uh, it was good. I got I got some stuff done. I had a social engagement on Wednesday night that prevented me from attending the recording of that. And then uh, I get I'm still struggling to get an invite to that uh, behind the enemy lines pod. We'll see if maybe one day that works out. But I'm good, Jake. How are you? Well, the behind enemy lines is not as fun as you would think it is. It's a lot of me just asking boring questions, and I, I hope that people learn something about the opposing team. So, uh, if you want to just take that one over on your own, you can you can do that. I'll just sit <laughs> that one out. We'll call it that way. Um, it, good to have Jordan. Thanks to Jordan and John recently for coming on um, and helping us out, doing some some bits here. We always like to spend time with Jordan. We did map out the AFC, uh, sorry NFC playoff predictions. So we'll get another week of data, and then we're gonna we're gonna have you join us for AFC. We decided to hold on to that for you. So can't say we haven't done anything for you uh, as we get started with this one uh podcast wise we have to talk about who's out we got some declarations brown side labels uh the status of players so jordan elliott is a limited fashion concussion seems like more of these guys are coming back in a week's time than we saw early in the year andrew so we get jordan elliott with a questionable label we get questionable for anthony walker dealing with a knee and then we get denzel ward who again shrug your shoulders i thought he was going to play last week he didn't play he's questionable again with three limited practices andrew so he's uh 60 40 last week maybe 70 30 this week i have to hope he's out they need him in the worst way man yeah against dj moore who has gotten better all week and was a full participant today you think moore is definitely playing so the the browns need ward to counter that threat uh it's disappointing the way that this has lingered for him but we know that the browns are conservative with these and for good reason the, the surprising one is anthony walker right kind of jumped back on this week uh not 100% sure it's it's labeled a knee. I don't know where that came from. It feels like the Browns, people, like we've had this conversation about assessing the training staff, stuff like that. They have picked up a lot of practice injuries this year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there's been a lot that have jumped back on, not from games, but from practice. And that is surprising. You don't really see that this time of year that much, usually. 
it's uh, from the outside looking in, it could be a run of bad luck or it could be a run of they're doing something wrong. We don't know. We're not privy to what they're doing at practice. Yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I, I certainly know that the way this is shaking out this year, the lingering of it makes people ask a question because what else are they going to do? They, they People want to think they can prevent something. And they could be right, right? They could be right. I don't know. It's right. too it's too much for us to say one way or the other. Uh, out designations, Jordan Kanasich is out. Um, I would just like to also give myself credit for slowly learning that name and how to say it correctly over the years. That's uh, another one that popped up in practice. He was not on the Wednesday injury report, and he's gone from nothing Wednesday to a DNP and, a, and an out. Yeah, which I, I personally don't mind, but it's not no. uh, <laughs> to the designation of somebody more important. I agree. I, I, it's another one. It's another one to notch on the belt there. Uh, Oak Ronco, we knew would be out for this one. Posich is the stinger that is apparently pretty aggressive form of a stinger. He's going to miss as well. And then Juan Thornhill already ruled out. So some we knew, some we didn't know. It's unfortunate. We thought Thornhill could be a guy injured in pregame. could come back the following week, didn't practice all week. So I don't even know what the trend is for him next week. If he didn't practice a single time this week and he's already been declared out, not even going to test it in the pregame scenario. So that is the Brown side. The Bears are really healthy. We heard it from the guests last night on yesterday's show. Um, Jaquan Brisker's questionable, but it looks like he was a limited participant. After he went limited DNP and then limited, so it looks like he's on the right path. And then DJ Moore, DNP limited, and then a full practice, so he's going to play. The only two that were out are Noah Sewell, who's an insignificant backup special teams linebacker for them, and then Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, he will be out as well, but again, he doesn't play a very big role for them. In the wide receiver department. So the Bears are much healthier than the Browns. They did lose Yannick Ngakwe with that broken ankle, which will matter a little bit, but there's not a doubt in the world the Browns are dealing with some far more significant injury situation stuff. And I know, um, you know, I think that I want to throw something to you, and then I think you have something injury wise to throw at me. Uh, I, I think that's something that we're saying wrong here, Andrew. And I, I, I kind of had this revelation on the podcast with, uh, with Jeff Lloyd this morning. I, I did his show, the Locked On Brown show. And, um, you know, we we're talking about the Browns are on their fourth quarterback. And the reason I think that we have a little more optimism right now, even as the defense is starting to now have a trickle in these injuries as they've been in relatively healthy all year, then now they're fighting to deal with it on their own, is that Joe Flacco is technically the fourth quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's the second best quarterback they've put on the field this year. That's correct. So, you know, we we're kind of saying like if we were dealing with PJ Walker right now on the field as the true fourth most talented quarterback on this this situational stuff that they've seen this year I think our feeling right now would be a lot different mm-hmm. but getting Joe in having him quickly adapt to this stuff and prove that he's the second most effective guy they've put on the field this year I think that is a large part of why we feel like the Browns can still go to 10 can still get to the playoffs possibly even 11 and I think we're crutching into that four quarterbacks use thing this year. And that's true because they did earlier in the season. They can't deny that PJ played and D, you know, Dorian played, but I just think that like, we can't really lean into that angle as much as we did early. In the- They're pretty much playing with their best version of a backup quarterback right now, which is still tough sucks, but it isn't like they're dealing with awful quarterback play the way you have a connotation where you think the fourth quarterback they've used is awful quarterback play. So I think that's a large part of why even going into this game against a hot bears team who's really healthy. You still feel like there's a way to get this done. Yeah. They've kind of gotten lucky really. And credit to their personnel staff for having a, an ear to the ground, knowing that Flacco was kind of waiting on a phone call, keeping himself ready and had this in him 
because I think this is really, Jake, I've said this a few times now. It's worth saying again, this is as much maybe more mental than it is physical for him. This is about him having the right mindset to take this opportunity on, come in and sort of take on an adopted team midseason. That's not something that every quarterback in the league has in their arsenal of mental tricks to to ingratiate themselves and then kind of start leading when the things are already pretty far down the tracks. I would agree I would agree with that totally, man, and I think it's again, I think our vibe around the team with these injuries if they had started Deshaun obviously so if they had started Deshaun then they went to Flacco he beat the 49ers he did then he got hurt then you went to Dorian then he got hurt and now you're starting PJ Walker I think the vibe would be totally different whereas this weird situation arrived that made them do a bunch of different stuff in the earlier portion and they just they just really got lucky that Flacco was there and willing to come in and do this and it's put them in a position to feel like even though there's been a wild amount of injuries here and we're on, and again, you're kind of air quoting fourth quarterback. It's really not the fourth quarterback. It's like getting your second quarterback back. So I just kind of wanted to express some of that. You can't lean into that as much as we maybe think you can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that really dovetails nicely with, with my overall take on injuries, which is that there's no hard and fast rule in the NFL of when there's too many injuries. Right, The Browns have a specific problem that we've talked about, about a lot of their injuries have been to high-profile players. The other problem is that they've had a lot of injuries to the same position groups. Right, The two at the top of the list are tackle and safety. So when it all happens to those two rooms, you're playing your fourth, your fifth safety. I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning quarterback too because they've had a ton of quarterback injuries as well, obviously. Yeah. But there's no hard and fast rule that says that, well, now Obo Okoronkwo is the 11th guy or 12th guy to go on IR. Now we can't play anymore. Well, is the so, city of Cleveland now with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland also yeah. done? Is that, are we too far there? Can we make a <laughs> definitive rule on that? Like, does it take a Jose Ramirez surgery to, yeah. to kind of make it the whole deal is, is perfect. It's, it's well round. This is, it's kind of wild. No, yeah. it is. It is. And I get it. Like there is, there's no, there is no part of this. That's fun for anybody. Nobody likes watching teams that are compromised due to injury. It's harder in some ways to deal with that than it is with a team that's just not as good as you thought it was. Uh, last year was more frustrating than this year, I think is the best proof of that, because the Browns are winning. And and like you said before, you can go down that road of would they be better, would they be worse with all the other players, but that's counterfactual. Last year, we were eating the, the losses week after week after week, and the team was relatively healthy, It just and it felt terrible. So... I guess what I what I just want to say to people I've seen I've seen the sentiment a lot this week is like they can't keep this up this is too much it's going to overwhelm them that's not written in stone anywhere man like yeah. they've they, they've got as you pointed out they've got the best quarterback play most consistent quarterback play they've gotten this year honestly if mm-hmm. if Flacco can go out and kind of build on what he's done that's where they're at because things were really up and down all season before that the threshold is different team to team. I think that we saw sure. last night that the Chargers had reached their tipping point, and it's not even anywhere near where the Browns is. Like, you just kind of, it either, I'm kind of tra- trying to think of the right way to phrase this. You know it when you see it. The exactly. Chargers have a bunch of internal 
you know, sort of the heart of who they are issues. So their threshold for, for injuries is significantly lower than the Browns. Whereas we're watching the Browns build a solid base of belief and yeah. core identity and team, you know, team camaraderie here where they can withstand more. So to your point, yeah, it's not like they have nine. Okay. They've reached 10 guys on IR. They've got three guys missing the game that have played significant snaps. That is the point at which it's too far. Now it could get there. We could right. see it on Sunday and it could well, happen right in front of us, but it isn't Go ahead. The most important thing you said is that you'll, you'll know it when you see it. So it, you can't forecast this. There, if, if it happens and, and, and the Browns run up into a game, it could be this weekend, could be next weekend, who knows how many more injuries are going to show up, where they can't win and they're, the guys that are playing that shouldn't be playing are getting picked on, that's when you'll know. But you can't forecast it is my point. Yep, I think that's something we try to do through the week, especially as we had two absolutely awful days of news on injuries. And um, I think that's a, a really healthy reminder. The, the Flacco thing's a healthy reminder of why you feel positive. And it's a healthy reminder that just because you want to punt on the season, because you feel like the injuries have gone too far, doesn't mean they feel that way. And the belief inside that system feels that way. But you don't really, and I don't even think they know it till they see it, right? Like, I just they they haven't gotten there. Maybe that could be Sunday. I don't know, but there seems to be still a really hearty belief that they can continue to trudge forward and get this done, which they've shown week to week. But but again, there is no hard number here. It's yep. it's just a okay. We can see that Ronnie Hickman can't do this game over game. We can see that Hudson's going to be a liability and blah blah blah. So I am um, I will again say I'm excited to see how they respond because they continue to impress us and respond in ways that have made us really proud. And um, now as the defense faces that adversity, I look forward to seeing how they handle that. That That's kind of a big thing for, for this week. A big thing for me is how does the defense handle that sort of adversity, especially since they've been so good at home? Uh, can they rally around it and all of that stuff? There is um, a couple a couple other things I want to hit on before we close. Uh, Tier Tart is apparently out of Tennessee. So uh, the Browns losing Mo Hurst and losing, um, you know, uh, potentially Jordan Elliott. He might play, but we'll see. They lost a key rotational piece. They do have some practice squad guys. Obviously, they have Tommy Togiai, who's been around, and they could figure out some ways. Sam Kamara has been brought up. But when a guy like Tart, who could be interested in playing the rest of this year before he's still not even 27, he's looking for a new contract. Mm -hmm. The Browns have obviously like left some wiggle room for who the guy next to uh, Tomlinson is going to be into the future because you don't have a contract for Elliot. You don't have a contract for Harris. You don't have a contract for any of these guys going beyond this year. Hurst as well. Um, a guy like this hitting the market, getting him to come into your, your, your locker room, your situation for a month or so, and then getting a head start on conversations with a player like this into the future could be worthwhile. There's a relationship with there with Jim Schwartz, right? Schwartz is around Tennessee the last few years. Um, clearly the, the issue was the attitude and, all of that for Tar in in a place that he was frustrated with the contract situation moving forward. But you're talking about a guy who in 2022, now 23 didn't go very well, but 22, he had 26 pressures. He played the run game pretty well. He's an effective player. I mean, when he when he played, uh, so when he played the Browns in week three, he had a relatively solid game, a couple stop tackles, three tackles from his interior position. I just think that a guy like this doesn't hit the market this late in the season. And they have a chance to claim them on waivers. I know I'd be really interested in it. I don't think it's going to be a, a difficult price point thing, Andrew. So I, I'd be um, all for the Browns claiming him, adding him, and putting him in the rotation and trying to get a leg up on, is this a guy that we want to give an opportunity to? Because the end of the year here where he's been really frustrated seems to be 
you know, sort of why he's been let go. I feel like there's been a, a massive fallout between the player and the organization. So I'm interested, at least. Are you? Oh, for sure. It's a weird opportunity that it's happening at this time of year. Obviously, the Titans are out of it, so that's part of it. And if he feels like he's not going to be back, I guess it gets to the point where they give him a kind of a fresh or a, a, a fresh start and a jump start on free agency a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if anybody claims him, wants to deal with his contract, or if they would rather go the route of signing him for the rest of the season and then see what's what. I yeah, I don't. This is fairly uncharted, so I don't fully know how this will go. But as far as the player, he is exactly the type of player the Browns should want on defense. When they talk about, they talked earlier this week with Grant Delpit about ass kickery. This is, this is the. <laughs> T.R. Tart is an ass kicker. There's no that that's the best way to describe him. And you're right that they they have an empty spot on the defensive line going into next year. And a front of Garrett, Tomlinson, Tart, and question mark at the other end position, even if it's Alex Wright at that point, I honestly feel pretty good about that as a as a defensive front that can make some plays and then you sub in Okoronko on rushdowns. I I'm I'm excited about that just thinking about it. And I think if if they could find a way to I always bring up the Joe Haig example, a guy that they didn't think would be available and they signed him to a multi-year contract after the Steelers let him go. We know that they are active and they know the value of these players. So it'll be interesting to see how involved the Browns get. Yeah, pr- pretty interested in how they handle this because of the connection, because of the desire here. I, I know that um Tart should have a desire to play. I know the, the reason he's let go is because of attitude and not wanting to be there, and that was trickling into his play, but Again, can you get a guy refreshed trying to show something before he hits the market in free agency? And again, just getting a sort of leg up on those conversations where you're already you know, speaking with his agent, forming a good relationship, all that stuff. So I'm interested. I know that there are some optics that aren't great there, but uh, a guy getting a change of scenery, trying to prove some things, and especially going to a place that's eight and five, potentially nine and five, uh, would be something that would appeal to a player like that, trying to get on the stage of the playoffs and stuff of that nature. So uh, interesting. Uh, and I think, again, uh, as we hear from everybody who plays D-line for Jim Schwartz, like it's a desirable spot to be. Right. They, they get unleashed in a very specific way. So uh, could be some interest there. Okay, that's I think that's it for the opener. Oh, actually, hold on. I do want to hit one more thing. I wanted to look at um, updating everybody on what the odds would be for the playoffs if they win or lose this game. I think you have that in front of you, Andrew. So again, it's an NFC game, so not quite as important for the tiebreaker scenarios below it, but mm-hmm. is, uh, as we know, the Browns only two remaining home games. You really want to get these two home games. So it is obviously important for the Browns. The Bears, and you hear the people talking, covering the Bears, are really of the belief that they can win out here and they can sneak in because the NFC wild card, especially that 6-7 seed, is a pretty gross situation right now. What's wild about the NFC is the Bears are sitting at 5-8, and eight, have the sixth pick with their own pick in the draft but yet could go and get the sixth seed. Like mm-hmm. there's just a whole bunch of uh, terrible at the bottom of the NFC playoff side of things. So there's a lot of optimism on their side. So they're going to be playing hard for their season in this game. So both teams will care immensely. Let's talk though real quick about outcomes for the Browns. So if they win this one, uh, it probably shoots into the 90s, right? 92%. You nailed it. Okay. 92% if you win the game. If you lose it, does it dip into the 70s or high 60s? 78. Okay. So, so, it's, not, so- it's not a huge ramification loss. Yeah, no, the, the most important takeaway here is even if they lose, there's no AFC team that would pass them in probability besides the division leaders. I mean, okay. they obviously wouldn't pass them. So uh, so they would retain the most likely path to the playoffs of any AFC wildcard team, even if they lose this game. The, the highest another team can get is the Colts can get to 
So of the four remaining games, this is the one that would be the most okay to lose. And yeah. uh, the Bears, if they win, get all the way up to 9%. So, yeah, that scenario that they're pitching is uh, very plausible, and they should definitely be, have all their hopes and dreams tied to that. It's going to be interesting. I do love the sound of 92%. I don't know about you. Well, here, so an interesting thing that. is that if the Browns win and the Jags lose to the Ravens, which they're an underdog, sure. the Browns actually have a higher chance of making the playoffs than a division leader at that point. Yeah, because they would probably put the division into very much toss-up mode. Even though, exactly. what, what about this? Can you also map out if the Colts and Texans also lose? Because the Colts are going to be... Well, then it would be... Everybody would just hold hold serve. Oh, it was a hold yeah. serve. Okay, because yeah. I was interested because we know what the Texans are dealing with down Stroud and Nico Collins. And obviously, yeah. I'm sure both of those guys will be ha- back and healthy and ready to go for the Browns, right? <laughs> the following week. <laughs> I mean, not about that. Yeah, for all the wildcard teams in the in the thick of the race, Steelers, Texans, Broncos, Bills, Colts, you're talking about essentially a 30% swing on probability from win to loss. So, or, you know, a few weeks ago when, when they put this chart out, uh, Sumer Sports does this, and it's a very intuitive way of looking at it. It was like 10%. It would just, it would move a little bit. But now you, it's the heat of the battle. You you win or lose this week. You are either way on the outside looking in or you are in good position. All right. Well, the Browns have done pretty well putting themselves in the right position. So um, to make this game the type of game that it doesn't matter all too much, you know, I mean, it matters. It definitely matters. You want to get to 10. You want to leave yourself some wiggle room. But at the same time, it is not a uh, thing that's going to overwrite a lot. The, the, obviously, the jet, the jet, those two, the Texans and Jets, are who those are big ones. All right, we'll get to uh, more of that in the coming weeks, especially when we get with Jordan Zerm. We'll do our AFC predictions three weeks out. And then, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot to cover there and a lot to cover after the game as well. So we're going to switch over and do our quickly go through our picks, update you on standings, because, listen, we know you guys live for this. And we got bowl games. Ooh, we got bowl games. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, 
comedy and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, it's bowl season. I always think of ESPN's bowl commercial back in the day when bowl games used to matter more, Andrew. They used to do the... uh, like Christmas song remix with the bowl games and all that. I used to love mm-hmm. bowl season growing up, man. Like Agreed. one of my most favorite times of, uh, not even like the most, one of my most favorite parts of Christmas, the season, the celebration mm-hmm. was getting all of those random bowls because guy, and I'm not doing the whole you know, old guy hate the way things have changed. I think college football's changes have been great, but bowl season changing has been kind of a bummer. Cause like that two week window of games where everybody played and they all really mattered um was a fun time anyway now back to where we are we have myself at 41 36 and 1 and andrew at 43 34 and 1 so these are important times here folks we got this is this is a <laughs> knuckle down time if i'm gonna catch you well I, I gotta i gotta get going right now i've got a two-game lead so of course my predict or my proposal is to uh separate the bull record out because nobody knows who's playing in any of these games Fine, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> All right, bowl games. Here we go. We have the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Georgia Southern, who's six and six, and Ohio at nine and three. I'm when going is with this one. Maybe I'll go to this, Jake. You should go to this. It is, is an eleven. Monday? It's an eleven a.m. kick down in Conway on South Monday, Carolina on Monday the sixteenth. Yeah, no, tomorrow. You're a little oh, tomorrow. Out. Yeah, you're tomorrow. you're screwed on that. You got plans. Well, you're a busy guy. I could I could if I get on the road first thing. How far is Myrtle from you? Like six. Or Conway. Is Myrtle in Conway, Con- South Carolina? Conway's a little bit inland from Myrtle. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, you know, get on the road tonight, make it make it just in time, get a make good a weekend of it. Make a weekend of it. A little Home Depot, a little Olive Garden. All right. We'll um, see. I don't know. <laughs> Georgia Southern, Ohio. I'm gonna take uh the Bobcats. I will uh go opposite. Okay. Bobcats are getting three in this game, by the way. So there we go. All right, next game is the R&L Carriers Bowl, which has been that name for a while. I always yep. get fascinated by the new bowl names, even though R&L Carriers is a funny name. We get Jacksonville State, 8-4 and four, at 6-6, six and six, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns. The Cajuns are getting 2.5 in this one. Who are you taking? I'll give me uh, Jacksonville State, please. All right. So Andrew's taking Jacksonville State. I will take Louisiana for reasons unknown to you listeners. Moving forward, we get Miami, Ohio traveling down. For the avocados from Mexico curable. God, that's great. 
avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl against App State. Eleven and is that in New Mexico? Ohio. Is that the old New Mexico Bowl? It's in it's in Orlando, so no, it oh, is okay. not. I'm, I'm all over the place You're here. Okay. The, I would see why you'd think that, but the avocados yeah. from Mexico is just the mm-hmm. brand. I just couldn't remember where the Cure Bowl is, the but it's apparently it's in Orlando. The Cure Bowl. Okay, so we get Miami, Ohio, eleven and two, App State, eight and five. Who are you taking? Uh, I got to ride with my Mountaineers. Okay, well, I'll take the fighting. Uh, so many guys from Miami, Ohio. The uh, we'll take the McVeighs for my side. All right, they're they're actually getting seven points. So yeah, that's pretty healthy. Uh, I like that. I like getting those points. All right, next we have the. Um, is is it Isleta New Mexico Bowl? Isleta sure. New Mexico Bowl is what we have. New Mexico State ten and four, nice season for them. Mm-hmm. They play eight and four Fresno State, and it looks like Fresno State's getting three and a half. I'm going to take New Mexico State. Yeah, I'm with you on uh, wanting the Aggies. Okay, cool. First time we've tied. Uh, all right, next we have two more recognizable programs in the Starco Brands LA Bowl. Boy, Starco Brands LA Bowl. UCLA seven and five, Boise State eight and five. UCLA retained Chip Kelly, but they did have a quarterback, Dante Moore, their f- talented freshman transfer out. But they've been playing some other guys too. Uh, Boise State's quarterback also transferred out for the record there. So uh, I think I'm going to roll with UCLA, uh, who's laying four and a half in this one. Who are you going with? I want the Broncos because I think they uh, believe in that new head coach who was the interim that they really liked. So I think uh, we'll go with that. There we go. All right. And all of these bowls, uh, by the way, are tomorrow. Well, Saturday as you're listening to the show. Um, the 915, the late bowl, is the uh, Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. We have six and six Cal at six and six Texas Tech is the uh is a very big battle of the mid, is what yeah, they call you it. you were kind of waxing nostalgic about bowl games at the beginning. This is my favorite type of bowl game mm-hmm. between two teams that suck and did not play well in their conferences, probably both had losing records in conference, but because they play a few non-conference games that they can win, I mean, this is off the cuff. I don't even know for these teams, but it, they make it into a bowl game and then play. Typically these are the games where it ends up being like 49, 46. Yeah. Something random. Yeah. I yeah. totally agree. I, I, I think I feel like I've seen Cal give some really good efforts this year. I think I'm going to take Cal. They're they're they are laying. Um, no, actually, sorry, they're getting three and a half. So I'm going to go Cal. Yeah, this is where again. I mean, you mentioned that with the last one. I don't know who's playing. It's almost impossible to know who's playing in these games at this point. I I can't imagine doing the research to properly handicap these such that you would make a bet on any of them. It seems truly crazy. But uh, I do like a golden bear. So give me Cal. All right, two two guys taking bears here. Um, Going to be the only Bears that we take this weekend. Western Kentucky and uh, uh, Old Dominion play in the. Fa- this is my favorite one so far. The famous Toastery Bowl, which sounds like like a toaster strudel th- driven theme here, uh, but the famous Toastery Bowl will be Monday at two thirty, so you can watch a little during your workday. Western Kentucky seven and five, six and six. Old Dominion. I'm going to take. Although I don't think their best receiver is going to play. Uh, Corley, I think I think he might not be playing in this one, but I still think I'm going to take Western Kentucky in their formula. The the um, line here is ODU is actually giving two and a half. Yeah, I'll lay the points with uh, Old Dominion. I love to love to back a school that is got a weird name. Well, they have a weird name. You got that right. All right, next one we have on the list. We have three more to go. We have um, UTSA, UT San Antonio, 
playing at uh, their eight and four. The Roadrunners are they get the uh, they get Marshall six and six in, in the suitors. Or, sorry, I'm going to refresh that. Uh, they get Marshall six and six in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Are you familiar well, that, with the brand Scooters Coffee? Never heard of it once. Okay, well they're uh, doing well enough to sponsor a bowl. Yeah. We have um, the Roadrunners laying twelve. This is our this is our biggest spread in this whole endeavor. So they're saying Marshall's not nearly as good, uh, but I, I actually think I'm going to take Marshall to cover that number. So it's a big number. I big again, number. this is where maybe there's some crucial player not playing, but yeah, give me those points. Okay, so we're going to both take the points on that one. Um, South Florida and Syracuse get together on Thursday, December 21st for the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, right? That is a mouthful. RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. We get two 6-6 six and six teams, so we have two of those old-school suck bowls, right? Yeah, um, that honestly I, sounds like a like something from a TV show. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl sounds like something from a show about like hurricane survivors in Florida. It feels like if they remade like um, the program, this mm-hmm. would be the bowl they were in the year before the the, the year they're trying right. to be really good. Right. Yep. It sounds so fake. Uh, I don't know anything about the Bulls. I'm going to take Syracuse. Uh, it seems like there's good vibes around that program to to get better next year. And it looks like a place Kyle McCord might land. Interesting. Is that right. right? They, they fired their head year. coach, right? I yeah, I feel like there's um some optimism about some things around uh the 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 replacement and some of that stuff. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna take Syracuse. They are laying three though, so there's an opportunity for you to get some points against me on that. Yeah, give me those points. Okay, so um all right, so we have one bowl left, Georgia Tech and UCF in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, which I think has been that name for a couple of years. So maybe we're getting into familiar territory. That's Friday, December 22nd. So we cut off the line there because that's when we're recording the next one. And we'll get to a little bit more recognizable bowls and teams. But you get, again, two two teams, six and six, Georgia Tech, UCF, and they have the Knights are giving four and a half in this one. So I, uh, I, I like the... Uh, atmosphere around Georgia Tech at times this year. They've been very up and down. Their quarterback is decent. Uh, I know that UCF can score as well. This is one that I think is going to be high scoring. I will take Georgia Tech in this one. Yeah, this is a bowl that has another one of my least favorite things, which is two uniform schemes that are the same. So it looks like the team is playing themselves. It almost kind of looks like a uh, spring game. hate that. Uh, But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think I want the, the ACC team getting points. Right. I mean, I guess UCF is technically a power five school, but uh, come on. Yeah, I, I think that I feel good about Georgia Tech in that one. But I'm telling you, I know. And Andrew, I'm sure you would agree with me. We feel good about five percent of what we just talked about. Like, oh, this is just we are picking these purely the yeah. the purest form of recreation. This is just really to talk about bowl games and kind of put them on your radar. Yeah, my favorite thing is just the names of them. That's yeah. That's this is for. yeah. This is please do not follow these in any regard. That would be financial mismanagement of the highest order. Of the highest order. Now NFL picks sixty fifty eight and three for me. You are fifty eight fifty nine and three. So you're chasing me. Um, yeah, this is where the competition is because I do actually know a little bit about the NFL. We try to every now and again, and I'm actually stunned we didn't talk about Brandon Staley getting fired. You know, we really missed oh yeah, up. we should pour one out for uh, your favorite coach in the NFL. Well, I think that he must have run out of ways as they were losing to go into Twitter and find what the analytics crowd was the favorite thing they like to say, 
like their theories and then and then say the theory in the press conference so everybody on Twitter would love him. Maybe mm-hmm. he found less time to do that as his defenses got worse and his decision making got worse over the years. I don't know, just a theory because that guy was like everybody's favorite coach, man, because he got up in front of you and told you that pressure is better than sacks for analyzing pass rush and that play action doesn't matter to you. So he went in like found, I don't know if he had like an intern doing this, but he went out and like everybody's favorite this to make your coach sound smart theory to throw into your press conference, he would do it. And um, I thought that it was turning into a bit. Like I really thought that that was something oh, he was sure. doing. And uh, I, I just never believed in that dude from the, from the job. He also had the, the gall to when asked last night, if he thought he should still be the head coach, say yes. He didn't go with, that's not up to me to decide. We'll see what, you know, we'll let the process play out. He went with, yeah, definitely, definitely. 63 hung on you by a team that got shut out by the Vikings. And uh, yeah, I, I deserve, but I, having said all that, Jake, if he, if he wants to come back home, spend the holidays with his fam and consult a little bit for the Browns in between. Oh, I thought um, you were going to talk about coach John Carroll again. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were going to throw him into the Browns loop. Well, listen, he, he, could occasionally come up with some wrinkles that would throw some very good offensive game planners. And I am already in the mindset of thinking about who the Browns play in the first round of the playoffs. I wouldn't hate it. Cut, cut out, like cut out the, the uh, responsibility of everything else. And Hey, just focus on maybe some defensive wrinkles for us. Maybe that right. can get him back on his feet. I mean, you're talking about like Matt Patricia's and Philly. He's a defensive right. senior defensive analyst for Philly. Like, yeah. I mean, you're talking about that kind we're of talking role. about four weeks, five weeks. We're talking yeah. about a, a little, you know, a, a two month, sojourn he's from the area he's going to be in the area anyway probably visiting the folks for the holidays cut out run down to berea quick yeah cut out that get a little buy you do do your offset language activate that the browns will pay you a little bit of money we'll make it work for you man at least get your airfare it's worth it it's worth it all right staley come on down i'll forgive you if you decide to do that make it work anyway all right football nfl um Boy, again, this is a tight race. So we have a Vikings at Bengals. The Vikings are starting Nick Mullins in this one. We get Nick Mullins this and Jake Brown. Saturday just game. like, just like we all thought at the beginning of the year when the Vikings traveled to the Bengals, Mullins against Browning. There are three Saturday games. This is the time of year where we start to get more of those, which I, I kind of like. I, I like a little bit on the Saturday. So this is a one o'clock kick. So mm-hmm. um, Bengals are laying three. I'm going to take the Bengals. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm definitely laying those three points with the Bengals. It ha- it should be mentioned, though, that the Vikings defense is playing really, really well for Brian Flores. Shout and out to Brian Flores. Jake Took- Browning is is a young quarterback who hasn't seen too much, and Brian Flores will probably throw the entire kitchen sink right at his head tomorrow. Yeah, the, without a doubt. And he's taken what I think a lot of us in the preseason call one of the worst secondaries in the NFL and turned them into a relevant sure. defense. He if, deserves a lot of credit. If the Cousins injury doesn't happen, I think the Vikings are winning that division. Yeah, and a pretty solid contender actually in the NFC. It's cra- crazy that that Cousins injury didn't derail their season because of it's, and mostly it's because of the the defense. But boy, they made a story out of Josh Dobbs, really some great stuff, and then it's like, ah, eh, a couple weeks later, yeah, man, you're a third quarterback. Oh, you got Nick Mullins on your bench. You got to see what he's got. That's what I'm told. All right, Steelers and Colts, two seven and six teams. Like you're talking about, this could be a bowl game. This could be, you know, the Indianapolis. Hooters bowl or something like that, because these the are St. Elmo <laughs> spicy crab or spicy shrimp dip bowl. <laughs> something, something along the, what's, what's Indy famous for the uh, motor that, oil. Something that, along that's motor the only thing. They're um, famous yeah. for too much horseradish. Um, yeah. Two, seven and six teams who I think are going, um, no, I'll give, I give the Colts a lot more credit for making the most. I mean, both teams deserve credit for getting to seven and six, given some of the roster stuff here, but 
they're not good teams. Um, so again, four thirty kick in in Indy, the Colts are laying a point and a half. I, I think it feels like there's a real teetering going on with the Steelers, a very real one. I think I feel comfortable taking the Colts in this one as I, I think this is heading toward, I'm just going to try to be the guy on the right side of Steelers history here. I feel like there's heading toward a divorce with Tomlin. And I think that these last few games are going to trigger that. So I'm taking the Colts laying a point and a half. Yeah. You, you talked Jake earlier about it's becoming more common for guys to come back from concussions. The way that the Steelers handle oh, TJ yeah. Watts concussion, it won't get any scrutiny. The league won't even look at it. They'll just let it go, man. But it is absolutely laughable that those guys are both cleared for this game. And they and they weren't removed from last week's game promptly. So there's undoubtedly some shenanigans happening with the quote-unquote independent neurological consultants or whatever else. It's plain as day. The way that this works, Jake, and this is me at full skeptic mode, but the way this works is these teams get a year or two under their belt to figure out the nuances of these systems, and then they just start gaming the system. So the only way the NFL can stay ahead of this, if they actually care to, is to keep changing the rules and changing the hoops that the teams have got to jump through because the players obviously know how to game the system. Now, there's no way that you go through what they went through, both of those players, and you're clear, except for the fact that they're in the middle of a playoff hunt and they don't have a quarterback, so they need both of them to play. It's it's transparently being manipulated having said all of that give me the Steelers okay well I think I would agree with that largely I think the uptick in this by the end of the year is telling us a story about how teams have begun to navigate all of this they um, figured it out they've they got the cheat it code out. it's like when you play a hard level in Mario but by the 15th time you've gone through it you know exactly where to jump especially you know where the uh, computer responds to certain things you're right so we get Broncos seven and six Lions nine and four Lions a little reeling of late Broncos have been better obviously I think if you look at the trend lines for both teams Broncos have been better it's a good get right opportunity for the Lions they're laying four and a half at home I am going to take the Lions at home to to get this one done so I'm taking three straight home teams but I feel like the Lions need to get right here and I think they're going to get it they're going to win by a touchdown 27 20 what do you got I'm tired of doubting this Broncos team it, they are into the Steelers category of teams that you don't figure you don't know how they do it but they just keep doing it so considering they're getting more than a field goal I'll take it I I think the Lions have some real trouble on defense and so I I will say hats off to the NFL for once the primetime scheduling this year has been a disgrace because of the New York teams have both been bad and a lot of the other teams that they really went all in on have been bad the Chargers etc these three games are all good and I will watch all three of them so it's exciting for me to have stuff that is like an independent, a, a, a freestanding game that everybody will be watching. You can just be glued to your couch all day tomorrow. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's it's rare to get those on Saturday. So enjoy those while you have them. Um, Bears, Browns is the first one up here on our list for the one o'clock kicks. Obviously, Cleveland laying three, as we've talked about all week. I think um, I don't feel great about the game. I just don't. I don't. Um, I feel like the Browns are in it. They're never, never a team that I'm counting out here, but I do feel like it comes down to a field goal walk off. I will take the bears, uh, in the points in this one. Yeah. I, the, the question I have is the Flacco situation, because I think if he can continue, if he can play at the level that he's played at if the progression that he's made over the two weeks, I feel good about the Browns here because I think the defense is going to give the bears a ton of trouble. I think people are not totally hip to how bad the lions defense has been recently. And so the Bears look pretty competent moving the ball. I think the Browns can really screw up 
what the Bears want to do protection-wise. I think they can get after Justin Fields. We know how that went the last time he was yeah. in Cleveland. The, so the only question I have is can Flacco play a pretty button-down game against the Bears defense that's been playing really well? And can the offense move the ball, get a few points? If they can get the positive early game script like what they got against the Jaguars, I think they will put the Bears away the way they failed to against Jacksonville. So I will lay the three points with the Browns. Okay, love it. Next one up we have um, uh, Bucks and Packers, which is a very important game for both teams. Obviously, Bucks tied atop the division of the six and seven teams. And then the Packers following that Giants loss really need to get back on track. I think um, the Packers are laying three and a half. I'll, I'll go with the Packers in this one to cover that three and uh, three and a half win by four. So I'm, I'm calling something like a, um, you know, like a, like a 30 to 26 type win. Something like I think both teams are going to score a little bit in this one. So I'll take Packers. Yeah, I'm on Green Bay here too. It's the late season Southern team going north. I think the Packers are definitely in a get right situation after laying an egg on Monday night. Okay, next one up is uh, Jets at Dolphins. Uh, the Jets, um, I actually, sorry, I skipped one. We have Texans Titans in front of that one. So uh, Titans are the home team they're laying for. I, I mean, I don't like either of these teams. Will Levis is a little bit beat up, but how do I trust the Texans are really teetering in a very big way mm-hmm. here at mm-hmm. uh, Davis Mills. We've seen him over the years. It's not a very impressive thing. So I feel like I have to take the Titans here. I'll, I'll throw it to you though. No, I agree with you. You got to lay these points. The Titans have seen Davis Mills a few times. They know the recipe for shutting him down. I don't have much faith. The The only way would be if the Texans defense kind of carries them to a win, creates points, that sort of thing. But I think the, the Titans are smart enough to keep Will Levis out of those obvious situations and just run the ball and play keep away. Right on. Agreed. So we've linked up on both of those. Now we get Jets at Dolphins uh, laying nine and a half. The Dolphins are in a very weird spot. They're down a lot of linemen and just feels like, again, teams start to either go upward toward the end of the year, or they go downward. And I don't love the, I, I think they're going to win, but it's going to be close. Like I, I, I think their days of running teams out of the, stadium are, are fading here as the line has faded so i'm going to take the jets and the nine and a half which is pretty scary but the dolphins defense also trending in the wrong direction uh, as well so like if wilson can kind of stack another good game in that mix so I, i'll go with uh, the jets points here feel like of the teams the browns play the rest of the way the jets are the team that are the most likely to be a real thorn in their side mm-hmm. I, i've got that thursday the 28th really circled in terms of that's going to be a tough ass game that Jets defense just does not quit it's so frustrating it would be great if they could lose the next two and be maybe officially eliminated yeah and so we that, just eliminate their it will to keep going that'd be right and kind of take some of the starch out of their shirts because they just don't stop and it's so frustrating and it's going to be a really frustrating game uh, in a few weeks so I'm looking ahead to that one but I agree with everything you said for this week I think you got to take the points with the Jets here just because the Dolphins' formula has really started to falter where now they're sc- they're struggling to run away with games. The big plays aren't happening as often and and so they kind of if that stuff goes away they become a fairly pedestrian team which is how it feels like where they are right now. I would agree with that. All right, Chiefs Patriots. Uh, also I know you loved seeing Aaron Rodgers' stuff coming out again this week. Robert He can't Sala. stop. He can't I can't stop. stop. He's I, like he's like I know when I I feel like annoying this this Andrew Spade guy in North Carolina. I feel like it taking... would be super duper though if they're not eliminated and he tries to force it. I, that has that the potential to be, be one of the most enjoyable football games we've ever watched. So I guess maybe I should root for that and really believe in the Browns to get it done. 
There you go. All right, something to look forward to. Chiefs at Patriots. Patriots are getting eight points at home. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win by 10 in this one. Um, but I don't feel as good about it as I should, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. Yeah, it's really remarkable. We talked about the Chargers already, how they were very clearly playing out the string. The Patriots are absolutely in that mode. There's not a guy on that team that doesn't know that Bill Belichick is done there at the end of the year. It's It's got to be common knowledge. The reason why these teams quit is because they know they don't have to impress these guys anymore and they don't have to give it all. They don't have to put it all on the line. That's what you saw last night with the Chargers getting blown out. I think that's what happens here. The Chiefs lost to the Bills. They need a win. They need a win to keep pace. The Broncos are somehow only, I think, a game back in in the division. The Chiefs are really on the outside looking in for the number one seed. So this to me has all the all the inklings of a of a Chiefs blowout and the Patriots just kind of not showing up. Right on. Two of the same agree there. So um Giants Saints is the next one. So we're still on the one because a huge one o'clock slate. So we have uh Giants at Saints again. Saints are part of the six and seven crew, and the Giants are just kind of, you know, just hanging around uh, as best they can in this thing. So they're very much alive too. They have the Saints laying five and a half at home. So do you think Tommy Cutlets? keeps the magic rolling in this one they're on the road which is the saints are clearly better home but there's some there's some weird saint stuff in Derek carr going on right now yeah. so i don't like where yeah. they're at i don't think the saints lose this game but five and a half is is tall considering how sloppy messy yeah everything in new orleans is we picked the last three the same so there we go the last five so yeah the last five you're right we've actually picked six already the same so far so doing well all right we are very good friends. <laughs> Falcons at Panthers. So Falcons are only laying three on the road. The Panthers. I'm going to take an upset, Andrew. I am going to take the Panthers and the points here to just, there always is these bad teams that have these random games. And uh, I'm calling for a random Panthers win that puts some pressure on your boy, Arthur Smith down there with the Falcons. So that's <laughs> the direction I'm going over this one. It's probably not my where you're my. at, but, but I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go that route. No, I, I appreciate that because I would love to take the Falcons laying three. Okay. Well, I gave you a free win. Um, do do me a favor, Bryce Young. Show up like maybe once, just once this year, you know, maybe show up. Like, like, just, just one. You, just yeah, one. like you, you like your first overall pick to have one of those games where it's like, one. Oh, yeah, reminded me that you can make all those throws randomly one week. So that'd be nice. Um, now we get to the four o'clock slate. We have commanders at Rams. It's only a Rams laying six and a half line here. I think they win by a touchdown. These guys are they're they're trending upward at the right time, and I really believe in them, especially at home. So I feel quite comfortable taking the yeah. Rams laying the points there. Hundred percent guarantee that we look back at the Ravens stealing that game against the Rams as mm-hmm. the difference between the Browns winning the division and and playing a wild card game. I, I almost I feel like that's a a total lock that that's going to be the the deciding game for that. Uh, standing finish I, the commanders are in the same boat as the patriots and the chargers the everybody there knows ron rivera is getting fired at the end of the season but it's not the end of the season yet they got to keep playing these games they got to go across the country mm-hmm. off their bye week i i feel like the <laughs> there might be some commanders uh players that like the locker is just cleaned out and they just like <laughs> carry a few things in a gym bag to the game with them so uh i will definitely lay the points Okay, 49ers at Cardinals, a game where the 49ers are traveling. They've been on top of the world, beating the snot out of everybody. Do you think they cover 12 points in Arizona? I think they cover 10. 
I, I think I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover 12. I All think right. it's I will like lay the points walk. Then, just to I be on the opposite side of you. I've taken two random outcomes here with the Panthers and the and the Cardinals, but I just feel like there's a sleepwalk element to this game where it's like they still win by 10, but maybe a late Cardinal score makes it 10 points. I don't know. Uh, I'm probably wishing uh, on that one. But but anyway, you got to differentiate a little bit. We look back at these moments right here in the last couple minutes of where my season ended up falling to you. These are the games. All right, Bills-Cowboys. It is Bills at home. They're laying two and a half. The Bills are mm-hmm. giving points to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I did see some alarming data. Actually, you know what? I'm going to hold my alarming data until you make your pick. <laughs> How about that? Make your uh, pick. Yeah, I want the Cowboys here. I, I think yeah. that the uh, I think the Bills defense is improved a little bit from where they were really falling apart, but the Cowboys are are humming at full strength right now. And I think this is the this is the Dallas narrative I've been expecting all year. Finishes one of the best teams in the NFL. Ugly playoff exit. It's written in the stars, man. I think that I saw some data from I think it was the the NFL folks at ESPN who had talked about how bad the Bills are defending the middle of the field and pass coverage, and how how well Dak attacks the middle of the field. So bad formula there. But boy, if the Bills Excellent. really if the Bills want to be back in the fold here, man, this is a huge game for them. They, Huge yeah, game. they have to win out. Yeah, the, the Bills have to win out. They can, they really cannot get in uh, tiebreaker wise without. It's very hard for them to get in at ten and seven. So they have to be eleven and six. They have to win out. So here's hoping they lose because the Bills will be very dangerous in the wild card. And I frankly don't want to watch it. I don't either. They don't deserve it. I just feel like that team's been so just, agreed. Uh, I don't know, ugly. And, and well, and McDermott now is a true heel. He's he's a true bad guy. And and they they just love him. Just shout out in the locker room to him after the game, right? So that's always fun. Anyway, off to the next one, which is uh, last two we have here. Jags, Ravens. So the Jags are getting three and a half at home against the Ravens. The Ravens obviously coming off of the high of getting that punt return walk-off win. Do you think this is a sleepwalk moment for the Ravens, or do you think they take care of business down in Jacksonville? Well, I think the Jags really need it. As I mentioned earlier, they're leading the division, but they cannot afford to keep screwing around here. So they get home. Lawrence has had another week, even though he he barely looked compromised last week, but you got to imagine he's going to be back to full strength this week. And I think the Ravens are, they, they have a very good record. I think they've proven a few times this year that they are gettable and they've had a few games. Remember, they, they barely escaped against the Chargers a few weeks ago. They've had a few games like that, and I think even on the road it gets harder. So I'm, I'm taking the Jags plus the points. Okay, you're taking Jags and the points. I will take the Ravens, All right? So our last game, which is the the solo Monday nighter, I believe, right, is Eagles at Seahawks. The Seahawks um, have had the Eagles number, I believe, for a long time. It's been like since 2008. Haven't had it. Haven't played them recently as the Eagles have been trending up, but the Seahawks have had their number, and it's a home game here. Philly is laying three on the road. Uh, I will take Philly. I think that they need a get right game, and I don't really like where the Seahawks are, but this could be a game you see differently. No, I, I'm with you. The Seahawks are falling apart. They they have truly collapsed. It's one of the games from the Browns season that's the most frustrating because the Seahawks team that they played is not recognizable now, and the Browns, if those teams are playing right now, switch. I guess what I'm trying to say, Jake, is switch the Bears and the Seahawks games, and the Browns are 2-0. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. I see it the same, man. All right, so we take a lot of the same games in this one, um, but that's it. That's a lot of picks, a lot of stuff covered. Hopefully you enjoyed your Saturday uh, OBR Weekend Edition podcast. So thanks to Andrew for doing these. Always fun to get together and make some picks. And we'll be back on Sunday with Brad Ward for Game Day Edition. And then we'll be switching things up a little bit. Andrew and I are going to do an immediate reaction podcast to the outcome of Sunday's 1 o'clock game. So that will be up, I'm hoping, within the hour after the game wraps up. I'll have that up and posted for you guys so you'll get some immediate reaction. And then we'll still do the OBR postgame show and all that stuff later in the evening. But we're going to switch up our schedule a little bit, try to release some different podcasts, try to get some different things to you over these last four weeks, kind of looking at refreshing the schedule to keep things fresh. Because I've been doing this pod for like four years, and some of you might be formulated out. So trying to get something different, a bit different approach into your lap uh, with your Browns uh, content every day. So uh, thanks to you guys for stopping by. Rate, review the pod. If you can, if you haven't done that yet, most of you have done that. And, and I've seen a lot of you trickle in and take care of that as well. We really appreciate that. And then visit the OBR site, $1 for your first month. Take advantage of that. Otherwise, have a great Saturday. Enjoy some bowl games. Enjoy some NFL. It's a great weekend of football. And maybe you're getting together with family. Enjoy that as well uh, for the holiday season. So thanks again for making this day. Uh, sorry. Thanks again for making this show a part of your day. We always appreciate that. For Andrew and I, we'll catch you guys uh, following the game on Sunday. Until then, go Browns. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com